got a call. All right, we're back. Here we go. Morse Code Podcast, episode 77. You just confirmed to me off air. I'm trusting you on this. I didn't look it up myself. Mm. I'd, I'd trust me. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Don't trust anybody. <laughs> DTA. DTA. Um, what do we got, man? It's been a week. Um, actually, it's been like 40 hours. It seems like it's been a week's worth of news and different things coming out. Where do we start? Let's start here. Let's set the agenda. Uh, we have John Corrales joining us later on for a second mm-hmm. time, returning friend of the program. Uh, we're going to talk about his new book. We're talking about the Celtics. We're going to talk about... What else I can't we believe about? we did 45 straight minutes of politics with him. Talk a lot crazy. of politics, a lot of um, endangered species. Yep. We talked a lot of global warming. Of a lot of global warming. All, uh, the, everything was on the table. You name it. We talked he, about he, it. He knows a lot. Very, very smart guy. Um, but in all seriousness, no. We talked about his new book, talked about Celtics, <laughs> um, and we talked about just some stuff around the NBA. So it was very, very good conversation. We'll get to that, I don't know, in a little bit. But for now, let's start here. Mm, let's go live to Brooklyn, <laughs> the Mecca. Uh, James Harden is a Brooklyn net, as we all should know by now. If you haven't heard, you just did. She's a Brooklyn net. Um, I'm not going to get in. I don't want to get into the details of the trade, um, who went where for what. And I think the basics are the Nets traded their future for a fat James Harden. Yep. For the most part, paraphrasing yeah. Rick Ross, pretty much <laughs> literally Rick Ross. Um, what were your initial thoughts on the trade? Were you following that yesterday? It was pretty was. fun, like following the rumors. And then, um, you know, yep. guys on the radio were talking about it. Um, what, what were your thoughts or I guess like predictions when you first heard, like, I think after, as soon as like that press conference aired the night before, that's when I was like, Oh, like, I think this is getting serious. Yeah. I genuinely don't think this guy wants to work here anymore. <laughs> And I don't think he is going to until changes are made. I, yeah, that was that was a very good guess. There. Yes. Yeah. Would he say something like, I've given the city like everything that. that I can? And given everything. Yeah. I just, and don't, I don't, think, I just don't think this is going to work anymore. I just don't think this is going to work out. He basically broke up with the Houston Rockets like yeah. at a press conference. Yeah. Um, I'll only give like one initial thought, which is like how I think they'll do as a result of it. Okay. I think, I think the comparisons to like the, the warriors big three are kind of crazy to me because the, the, the style of play of at least two out of the three guys, Harden and Kyrie, if Kyrie Mm -hmm. fucking plays Mm -hmm. is too similar. I feel like like the Warriors big three, it's just a comparison. I've seen a good amount, but those guys were the perfect three to be put together because they're really unselfish. Um, And then they also had like a defensive anchor with Draymond. And those guys like like to pass the ball and they weren't, they weren't straight up ISO. They were jump shooters. KD was, are you talking? Okay. I didn't, are you talking Steph clay and KD? Yeah. The original three. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. It, It makes, it made sense. Um, yeah, I think that's the big thing that that's what everyone's curious to see. Um, and, and I guess KD is somewhat different, but KD certainly earned the right to take the last shot or oh, like yeah. to pretty much drop whatever the hell he wants. We talked about this with John, you know, which you'll hear in a little bit. I mean, he is one of the very rare guys who has a mid range game at a very high percentage. 
Not that he can't do other things too, but he doesn't need to bullshit around and draw fouls and, you know, bank on a little, that step back three that Harden's literally been living on for the past handful of years, which I still to this day don't know how is still happening. Um, Whether from, from the perspective of defenses, just figuring it out or refs calling travel, both of which aren't happening. (laughs) So I don't know, still a mystery. But yeah, I don't know. I think the other comparable big three, obviously locally, was that I heard a lot of people talk about was the Celtics big three, the 2008 big three, which oh, is an even okay. even makes even more sense. You know, like you had Ray Allen, who at that point would just was fine on catch and shoot, kind of like Clay, I guess. Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce were virtually were not doing very many of the same things. This yeah. one is yeah, like you. I don't know how it's going to work, and I don't know when it's going to start happening. To your point, Kyrie has to come back. I'm thinking he's going to have to miss games to quarantine Harden. I'm sure we'll have to do the same. I don't know. Have you read like what is Harden just can't show up and play. Kenny. Um, as soon as everyone passes the physicals, Harden can play. Ooh, that's a big S. So James, <laughs> so he's not big game. James, um, <laughs> big game. James is more like it. Mm. He's put on some, like, it was kind of funny week one. I almost feel like it's I'm having like like an intervention for like someone I care about. It's like week one was funny. He came out in his warm-ups and he looked a little heavier. You and I both work in television, as you can see. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone says the camera adds 10 pounds, um, which sure. unfortunately is true. We can both attest to that. Yeah. I don't know if it was just a, <laughs> a bad angle. If powder blue wasn't the best color to wear. <laughs> Bro, he looked like he looked fat. He looked, he didn't look like a, he didn't, if I saw him for the first time, I wouldn't guess he was one of the greatest scorers of all time, especially in recent history. Mm-mm. Certainly I would not think, scoring at the salad bar. <laughs> no. no. Um, and it's one of my favorite things I heard over the week was, I think it was Felgren Mass. They brought up what I think is a terrific point. He's playing competitive elite basketball a handful of times a week. And he's still fat. Like he is still eating in a caloric um, excess to negate the fact that he's running up and down yeah. with world-class athletes for 30 minutes a night. That's a good Minimum. point. Like how much are you eating that? Like if he was just a normal sedentary guy. basketball isn't enough to like to offset. Keep off the pounds <laughs> yeah. to hit your step goal for the day. I, I don't know. Like if he was just a, a sedentary guy, could be dead. I don't know for all I know. Yeah. Could eat himself right to death. I wouldn't. I wouldn't dare him. He he would take you up on it. He would take that personal and eat himself to death. Oh yeah. I just thought of something we didn't address, and What's quite that? frankly, it's a little off topic. But did you have worked? Was your work closed today? Was today a a recognized yeah. holiday? Monday. Mine wasn't either. Uh, at the time of recording, the Boston Bruins start their season today. And from what I've seen on social media, it, you would think it's a national holiday. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I know, I understand where we are now nearing officially the podcast for the Seattle Kraken. Yeah. But um, I guess we should, I don't know, mention that the Boston Bruins start their season today. <laughs> Any thoughts? I, I think they're going to hate that, like, that we're representing um, their newest and biggest rival. That's what it is. And will be very soon once the paperwork's done. Once the ink has dried. 
I think the way the contract's worded, we're going to be the first um, like podcast to record via Zamboni during during cracking games, mm-hmm. which is going to be exciting. I'm a little nervous, but it should be cool. Um, anyway, the Bruins start tonight, so I assume our local audience we're going to get zero listens on this because everyone else will be watching the game. But let's get back to more pressing matters. Um, so yeah, so James Harden, the Nets. Any any last thought? Any like last regrets i guess or any thoughts about the celtics officially not pulling the trigger on harden you still feel the same way happy yeah same way if if it like we said earlier if it was if you swap kd for harden instead and it's kd that we're talking about i would do that obviously because he would because he would bring us a title but harden's not good enough so i don't i don't even have to consider like the the baggage like no i don't Mm -hmm. so i think the latest package that came out was jalen and smart and like at least two two picks, right? Something like that. Maybe probably more. Was it Jalen Smart? I know it was Jalen. And I know yeah, it's Jalen Smart. Weird. Okay. Jalen Smart, and we'll call it two first and two swaps, whatever the fuck that means. I would definitely do that for KD. I would do that for pretty much pretty much everyone else. Not Kyrie, obviously. Not Harden. Not current James Harden. Durant, yeah. Um, Anthony Davis, probably. Kawhi, I don't know. Mm, Dame, yes. Steph, probably not. It's because he's older. There, there's a number of players I would do that deal. I don't think it's. A, I don't think it's a crazy ask. Like if you just if you didn't yeah. if you didn't tell me it was James Harden, you just said, hey, we're get, you're we're gonna offer you a top five player in the league, led the league in scoring the last handful of years. Um, you know, he's brought his team to the conference finals a couple times. Um, we're asking for Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, some picks. I'd have to consider it, but. Um, I think there's a lot to consider outside of the, the stat sheet. Is it, on paper there's a lot is what consider. the pros call it. There's a lot of mass to consider <laughs> on that. I mean, here's what I want to see next. I, I'm not – the only reason I – the only, I guess, thing I have against it to – and I know people have made this point is by us not getting James Harden, that means someone else does. You know what I mean? Like that means the Nets did get James Harden, and yeah, they're in sure. the same conference as us. I, I think – I think it might be a little rocky start. I, I think it'll work itself out. I think James Harden, I would, I would, I would have contractually worked. James Harden has to lose some weight. I thought about that. Like in general, like I guess it's never really happened, but I assume it's like an unspoken rule. Like it's not okay. If you just come into the season and are fat and like not good at basketball anymore, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we kind of assumed this was a given. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you always hear it like with training camp, like football training camp players come in out of shape, but it usually works itself out. Um, doesn't look like James Harden has been working much of anything out in recent time. Well, outside of playing NBA basketball for 40 minutes a night. I think the Nets probably think like, you know, once, once he's in a place where he wants to be, mm-hmm. he'll, he'll find a way to put up like the good enough Figure numbers it where it doesn't matter. I, I wish that, out. um, I, I kind of forgot what we were going to be talking about because um, otherwise I would have brought, I, I have a ton of like shirtless James Harden mm. pictures. I wish that we could have taken that shown it on the screen and compared it to present day. So did you want to share your screen? Um, I don't think that would be safe. Nah, it's okay. I had some okay. on my phone, but I accidentally deleted them. Okay, cool. Um, let me ask you this. A, do you think Kyrie comes? I'm literally asking, do you think Kyrie comes back within like the next couple months or if ever? And also, do you even think that's do you think there's any pros to Kyrie not coming back? Because I do. Oh yeah. 
So I think, this, I think this team could work a lot better without him. Yeah. So, so well, the first I mean, question, will he come yeah. back like soon? I don't think so. And then the second question, is that good? Yes. <laughs> I think so. Too. I mean, one of the, one of the things that frustrates me the most is now like, am I surprised by this? Not really. Am I, am I surprised that there was an issue with Kyrie Irving? Of course not. But this is a pretty big issue. I didn't expect him to legit just not come to work. And on yeah. top of that, now all this shit coming out of the woodwork, like I'm sure you saw he's pissed that basically he sounds like he's pissed that Steve Nash was hired, or at least he didn't have a say in it for some reason. Um, sounds like him and KD are starting to not, this is, this is partly Kevin Durant's fault, but it sounds like they're not best friends anymore. There's tension there. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone else on the team, whoever's even left on the team, um, isn't thrilled with this. And now if you lose Kyrie, if Kyrie doesn't come back, you basically traded away good players, future draft picks, and you lost Kyrie Irving. I don't know. And like the way like the NBA set up this year, we've seen, especially with the Celtics, you need, you don't even need good players. You just need bodies on the bench. If you have COVID guys missing, you need eight people. Yeah. I don't have eight people. There, there's two things that I feel like people are kind of sweeping under the rug, which is number mm. one, um, I did see our old friend, LeJethro Jenkins. He recently interviewed Jarrett Allen, um, like yep. either earlier this week or late last week. And one of the questions he asked him, he was like, I got to ask, it's my job. What do you guys think of, like, what's the team's response to yeah. Kyrie? And how do you support that? Jared Allen was like, we 100% support him. He knows that we have his back, yeah. yada, yada. And, and, and I was like, all right, I mean, I got to take him at his face value. I, I don't know otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two days later, Jared Allen is traded. So yes, <laughs> that's kind of funny. And then number two, um, like most of the stuff could have been fixed if, if Kyrie just gave the Nets some notice and let them know that he wasn't going to come to work. I mean, not coming to work, period, is whatever. But if you can get beyond that part, he should have let them know. But the other part is that um, I thought when the media asked Steve Nash what, what he thought about it or what his latest update was, and he said, they asked him uh, when's Kyrie coming. And he said, I'm not sure. I don't know. I was like, I feel like an experienced coach would have tried to bury the question right there and say something like that's between me and him. And, and we know, so like, very good point, whatever it stays in the locker room. But if you don't, if you don't bury it at that point, then Mm -hmm. like, you're just making it worse by not saying, yep. Like stop asking essentially. Really good point. Um, and that's where it became, I, that's a great point, man. I I think that's where it became a bigger story. Now, Steve Nash is addressing that he feels disrespected. Like, yeah, now that was the first time we, we knew that was the first time we found out that like Kyrie hasn't told them why he's not there. Right. If you put Belichick in this situation, like think about how differently that would have been handled. He would have said, yeah, I've already answered that question. Yeah. Yeah. He would have like smirked and then walked away. It was spit directly into your microphone, mm-hmm. yeah. not answered oh. the question, and then said that I've already answered the question. <laughs> I would love to see that death stare on this scenario. Not that this would ever happen, but I'd love to see <laughs> it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, and it's different because, yes, Kyrie's a weird guy. Um, and weird guys do weird shit. <laughs> so it, I think it'd be, and, and again, people have said this, like, at first, I think it sounds like it had something to do with the, the, the capital shit. Understandable, I guess, to an extent. I think it's understandable if you let them know that's why. 
and B, like you can't, if you maybe have to miss a game, okay. But he's been gone for like a week, longer than that. No one else is doing this. I'm sure he's not the only person who feels a little upset about what happened at the Capitol. Yeah. But I also think this is a league of adults who get paid millions of dollars who understand who, who didn't know this was an option. <laughs> like, I didn't know I could just not come. This sounds great. So I don't know. And now, and now it's like, you know, there's pictures of him at birthday parties and, and having a great old time. It's like, okay, well, are you so distraught you can't play? Are you trying to make a statement? Or do you just want to go to a birthday party without a mask while our fucking whole league is half our league can't play? <laughs> so I don't know. It, it's just not a good look either way. And now people are, there's talk about he's pissed about the Harden thing. Mm-hmm. which I don't blame him for. It doesn't make any sense, but we'll see. And now to your original point, you have a first year head coach who has to deal with all this stuff. Who's already been And this, this story was a story until it got swept under the rug. There were those initial inklings of, you know, not really buying into Steve Nash when they talked about it on Kevin Durant's podcast. You know what I mean? That was kind of squashed. Now I sound that, that conversation seems more and more relevant. Like as this shit goes on. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if, if it's me, if I'm Kyrie Irving, I'd retire. If I'm Steve Nash, I would resign. If I was James Harden, I, I'd do whatever the fuck James Harden wants to do. I'd go, I'd go all in one way or the other. I'd go all in and say, screw it and just get fat. Or I'd go all in and say, I can win a championship here. Let me get my shit together. And yeah. then I, the whole time, I just picture like all these arguments going around like a movie. And then it just hyper focuses on Kevin Durant just sitting in his chair. <laughs> like, <laughs> what did I do? as like the the voices start to like muffle and get more quiet and quiet it's just kevin durant just like i left maybe the best organization in basketball with maybe you know two or three all nba players a great head coach and a top five draft pick to come do this bullshit like i don't know i was gonna say uh, the other thing is they have a regret um that circle in the basement of that 70s show yes exactly they're all like smoking (laughs) yep everyone's smoking like kd and they zoom to kd and kd's just like going through it oh yeah it's everyone just all in on that next pack and kd just not having it Mm -mm. and here's the other thing i think before they made that trade i think i i already said this i thought that was the best team i thought they're gonna have the best record in the nba but i'm pretty sure i did say barring injury or because Bobby, because Bolio called me out on this. I said, barring injury, or I think I said like a crazy James Harden thing happening or something like that. Yeah, like a fiasco of some sort. I think your star player going AWOL just is is in that ballpark. <laughs> yeah, that, ballpark. that's not just like a, a, a DNP coach's decision. That's a... No, no, no. That's a DNP, my decision. <laughs> that's a Kyrie decision. I, I did not play per my decision. Right. <laughs> I'm questionable, but I'm fully healthy, by the way. Yeah, yeah. You might have some questions. I'm telling you the answer, and the answer <laughs> is I'm not playing. So have at it what you will. But now, and again, the reason I asked about Kyrie coming back, I think, well, my original point was, I think with that roster before they made the trade for Harden. So you have that roster and Kyrie's AWOL. I still think Kevin Durant's good enough to take that team far in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And now you say Kyrie comes back. Okay, that if he gets his shit together and commits to basketball, that's obviously an upgrade. If you bring Harden in and Kyrie stays away, I think that team's good enough to obviously get to the finals. 
all three of them, I don't, I just don't know what it's going to look like. And I know that sounds cliche. We had the same conversation with Miami in their first years. Um, I just think this is still different. It's different than the Heat. It's different than the Celtics. It's different than the Warriors. Um, it's different than the Lakers. You know, having taught, I think having two players like Anthony Davis and LeBron James is, is a lot different than this situation. Plus, they're, they're legit complementary players. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, don't argue about who's going to take the ball up. No. They don't need to. Um, I guess the only way it, it really could be unstoppable is now if Katie's shot isn't there, you can, you know, delegate to Harden. If Harden's shot isn't there, you can delegate to Kyrie. No, no one else can do that, obviously. Um, I'm not even going to mention the fact that they lost you-know-who in the offseason, which no one is talking about. I think that's a good thing because I, I was going to put this – I, but I didn't want him to like, I don't know. I, I was scared that people might see it on Twitter and be like, okay, hot take police. Um, come get yeah. this guy. Yeah. I, I think it's a good thing that um, Garrett Temple's like best years aren't going to be wasted. No, 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 no. Kevin Durant, <sighs> Joe Schmo, like James Harden. No, thanks. And uh, uh, has been like Kyrie Irving. Where is Garrett Temple? Detroit? Uh, New York? <laughs> He's in Chicago. E League, Chicago. Okay. Yeah. He just had a kid, by the way. So. Oh, congrats. Could be. Could be the next one. Garrett Temple Jr. Yeah. Um, you had some thoughts though on on James Harden. I did. I guess I did. separate because... thoughts outside of what we just been talking about for twenty minutes. <laughs> so I'm gonna pass it over to you, and then I think from there we. Do you want to do after what you have to say? Do you want to do a quick prediction for this weekend in football? Sure, if you know what the games are, because I can't remember who's playing who. I'd like it on the record. Let's do that real quick after this. Then we'll yeah, get to okay. John. So go ahead, right. Sophie. Floor is yours. So one of the other uh, big names, I feel like the three biggest names in the news this week were James Harden, Kyrie mm. Irving, and then in a different league, Donald Trump. A league of his own, some might say. Yeah. Um, he was impeached for the second time, which I guess he broke his own record. Uh, or no, he said he set a new record, set a new set record. the record, broke the record. Yeah. Tied so, for the record and then broke it. Yeah. Yep. All in like two years. One second. My dog is being difficult right now. Are you going to like take her out back and shoot her? <laughs> no, she's just like walking where all the cords are. Anyways, I can work around her. Okay. I'm a professional. So, um, Take Kyrie out of the equation, and you're you end up with two guys who I'm not sure are different people. I think they might be one guy in James Harden and Donald Trump. Because to to your point, because I know you go to you still go to those detective conventions, or is that strictly through Zoom? It's on Zoom, but I go quarterly. Okay. Yeah. Um, from what we've heard from one of your peers there. Donald Trump and James Harden have never been been seen in the same room at the same time, ever. No. And uh, so I, I sometimes if you win it, sometimes if you win a championship, you get to go to the Oval Office, which hasn't happened for him, obviously. So right, this and day, that could get awkward. Very awkward. Maybe I should. I had a few points as to to why I think I was able to prove that that's a true statement. That's mm. another point. Maybe that's why James hasn't won any championships. Can't. Um. So the first point, very notable um, hairstyles in both of them. 
James got the beard. He's got some sort of like little mini mohawk on. Mm. And then Donnie's got the the fucking bird's nest on his head. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's simple. Yeah. Okay. Um, one, as we've seen from James' diet, one's can't, one can't seem to stay away from Golden Corral. Mm-hmm. The other uh, is apparently a huge fan of Golden Showers. Mm. Mm. That's right. Plot thickens. One played for the Rockets. Mm-hmm. The other one, a huge proponent of Space Force. Yes, we've talked about this. Very similar. Mm-hmm. Big space guys. Big nerds. <laughs> the biggest nerds. A <laughs> couple of fucking dweebs. <laughs> <laughs> one hates wearing a mask in public. Mm-hmm. The other also hates wearing a mask in public. <laughs> and both have yep. gotten COVID, allegedly. Big time. I, I Somehow that was swept under the rug that during the bubble, like in the beginning, that Harden got COVID. Yeah. I feel like people correct. don't talk about that. Correct. Can't um, imagine where he got it from. Yeah, who knows? Uh, he, he's always been pro-quarantine. <laughs> what? All right. Uh, this is where... It, James Harden did wear a mask one time, I remember. Oh, this is true. <laughs> no, <laughs> for nothing, though. You could... <laughs> Someone make a comparison on that end, too. But he, yeah, I, I, look it up. He did wear a mask one time going in. Look it up, guys. I would, I look would up highly suggest it. Um, <clears throat> this is where it starts to get creepy. One, one this week was in the news because he was asked to leave the Oval Office. Kind of sad state of affairs. Sure. Uh, with like a week to go in his presidency. The other one slowly turned into the shape of an oval (laughs) and for all intents and purposes was asked to leave his office. Yes. He he asked someone else to ask him to leave his office. Yeah. He requested that someone gets him out of there. I I would start playing the X-Files music right now. If you're listening to this on it. Um, One was in home alone, lost in New York. Sure. The other one refuses to stay home alone. And now he's been sent to New York. <laughs> yep. No one's talked about that yet. Sheesh. One for four years wore a red hat. Mm-hmm. The other one for eight years. So two terms. Yeah. Wore a red jersey. Sure. And this is the last one. I can't believe no one's mentioned this. One wanted to build a wall. We heard about that for a long time. Sure did. The other one wanted to break down a wall, mm-hmm. John Wall. <laughs> and he sure did. <laughs> the uh, other one loves his cousin. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one loves to boogie and fill in a Donald Trump joke about that. Can't think of one. But no, that's very good insight. I'll tell you this. You won't hear that on any of the national radio waves tonight. You're never going to hear that on another Seattle Kraken podcast. I know that. I'll take that bet to the bank. Big time. And I, straight to the bank. You, you said it before we even started that this yep. is a reason now that I can say the Nets are not going to win the title because James Harden, a.k.a. Donald Trump, do not want to be caught in this story. Mm-hmm. That's going to be awkward if one of them is going to have to not be there. Oh, wait, no, never mind. Never mind. Biden's in office. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say if 
if there's a, uh, you know, sneaky way to get back in there, you could always try out for an NBA team, win a championship. Mm. And if history shows us anything, they usually get offered an invite. Hmm. Interesting. And if history showed us anything over the past few years, most teams decline. But anyway, <laughs> you still got to send the invite. That's going to be weird. Championship teams back in the Oval Office. If that continues again. When's the last time that even happened? Clemson? <laughs> Dude, With today the was the anniversary. McDonald's? Did you see that? No, the McDonald's yeah. gate. Yeah, for anyone who's not like familiar with that story, today's the anniversary of the Clemson team, the football team, after winning the national championship, got invited to the Oval Office, and Donald Trump awarded them with like $10,000 worth of McDonald's. Actually, something less than that, like $1,000 worth of McDonald's. I think we've talked about this. Maybe it was on the old show. Take this how you want. I would have no complaints with that. No, I actually... Phenomenal. That might be the best thing that he did while he was in office. Not even a close second. That would that was definitely on the path of making America great again. If that's how celebrations look over the next, if that's what future celebrations look like for winning a championship, especially a college kid. I oh, get yeah. it. LeBron, Steph, whatever. Okay, this is kind of tacky. If I'm 18, 19, 20 years old, going to the White House to just have basically a McDonald's party, Sign me up. That's my motivation to win every year. Yeah. I'm in. You got me. I, I thought things were headed in the right direction when that story happened. Certainly people, took a turn. People broke it as if it was bad news. A bad and I was thing. like, I don't see the problem. Never understood that. I almost went back and asked if I could go back and, and switch my vote for that reason. That looked like a phenomenal evening. Of fun. I almost accepted my offer to Clemson. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. So anyway, good stuff. Go Tigers. Uh, breaking news, by the way, in the Morse Code podcast. I don't know if you've seen this. Urban Meyer, next coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm. Speaking of Trevor Lawrence, speaking of Clemson. That's that's going to be an interesting tandem. Going from fucking shithead Davo Sweeney to... When was the last time Urban Meyer coached? I think a couple of years ago. I think he's only missed two years, Ohio State. And it was it was strictly due to like his health issues, right? I, I don't know. That's what they all say. Like every time a coach quiet retires, it's you know I want to spend more time with my family. My family comes first. Blah blah blah. And then as soon as they get another offer, it's like all right, fuck that. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, that's that's always how it goes. No, like coaches retire multiple times. Um, don't I, res- I respect the bag. Jacksonville. I would not want to coach that team. Yeah, you'll get a great young quarterback. Um, they don't have any fans, even when we have fans. Uh, great I city. Hope... <laughs> yeah, great. Uh, he is a Florida guy. He coached at Florida. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Coach Darren Hernandez. Mm. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Might bring back Cam. He coached Cam at Florida, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, that's true. If he wants Cam, I'll sign off on that today. I'll give him Cam no charge. Trevor Lawrence. I would make that deal right now. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Dan Bolio would. Probably not. No. No, nah, not worth it. No. Let's do this real he quick. take Brady back for free. No. Um, just so it's on the record, let, let's run through these games this weekend, then we'll talk about them next week after they happen. So if you've been following our show, we suck at predictions. Uh, they never go well. Case in point, my most recent today, I did mention on the NBA podcast – 
The Nets are going to have the best record in the league, and the Warriors are going to be the worst team in the league. Warriors look fine. Uh, the Nets are a mess, and uh, we'll see. They'll probably face each other in the finals. So let's start with Saturday. Two games each. Saturday, 435. Rams at Packers. Packers minus six and a half. This is the one game this weekend I'm the most confident in a team covering the spread in Green Bay. I'll say like Green Bay, like 30 to fucking 15 or something. I don't think it'll be close. Hmm. Okay. I, I think the Packers will win too. Um, I think them not having an actual crowd at Lambeau, which is such a mystique. I feel like it'll be closer. Mm. I think they'll win though. Rams coming from Los Angeles to Green Bay, Wisconsin in the middle of January. Nah, I'll go with Packers. Good game that night. Ravens. Ravens who lost to the Patriots at Bills. Bills minus two and a half. That's going to be a good game. And I think, I think that's a pretty good line. I can see the Bills winning by a field goal. Maybe six. Yeah, 24, so 24, 21, 23, 20, something like that. Josh Allen's good enough to win that game, I think. That'd be a huge win. That, that's, a, that's a huge win for both those quarterbacks, actually. Lamar Jackson yeah. or Josh Allen. I'm going to lean towards Josh Allen at home, though. Better offense. Um, yeah, that's interesting because basically basically that's a pick em because the home team gets yeah. three points. Right. Um, yeah, I'll say Bills will cover in that. I hope the Bills cover. I want the Bills uh, to win. I, I, I like the Bills a lot this year. Yeah. Um, I have Buffalo no hate for fans as a Pats fan. No, nah, definitely not. They, they have fans there. I think like 15,000. So they'll be jumping through tables and fucking spraying mustard at each other starting around 9 a.m. Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> Wait, is, is that one, one of the things they do? Yeah, you even seen that? They like they cover spray their, mustard? Like mustard and ketchup. Oh, Look it up. Yeah. yeah, you've seen that. The fans, not the players. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sunday's the big one. Browns at Chiefs at three o'clock. Chiefs minus ten. No, no pun intended. That is a big spread. Browns cover, and I'm not going to say the Browns win upright or you know straight up. No, I'm not going to say that. Browns cover. I can see like twenty-seven twenty or something. I I can see that being a competitive game. I think the Browns have a lot of momentum going their way. All right. Um, Incredibly tough place to win. And I get that. And they're playing the best team. Like I said, we talked about this before. I think the Chiefs have been very, they've been a very, very quiet number one seed this year. They've just kind of been business as usual. They don't have headlines. You know, Travis Kelsey and Tyree Gill <laughs> had great years. Patrick Mahomes had another great year. Um, it'll be either a blowout or, like I said, like 27 20 or something like that. Leahy, I hope you're listening. Oh, boy. Yeah, I think that the Chiefs are going to cover and like cover by a good amount. Like I, I could see oh, them blow out like three hmm. touchdowns, not points. Really? I, I think I could see it. Chiefs are just so tough. It depends how it starts. Like remember last year in the divisional round, Texans were up like twenty three nothing, something like that. <laughs> and, and they somehow got doubled up. <laughs> and they got blown out. <laughs> so that's why it's like I can't even buy into what happens to begin this game. If, yeah. And again. Cleveland just did the very same thing last week. Went up 28 nothing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think if that happens, that, that's not going to happen. But if they do get like a 10-point lead, it's a very scary team to try and, you know, hang on to a lead with because they can score so quickly. So I'll go Chiefs 
Um, but I think Browns will cover the spread. Do you think it's a blowout? I can't wait for Sunday night. Bucks Saints. Mm. I cannot wait. I haven't looked forward to I'm, – I'm basically looking forward to this game like I look forward to a Patriots game. Like, I'm all in at this point. Yeah. I've seen it. I have no reason not to get behind Tom Brady. And I think they're going to win that game. It's in New Orleans. New Orleans minus three. three. Yep. And New Orleans has spanked them both times this year too. One of which against one of my other great predictions, um, <laughs> a Monday night yeah. game or Sunday night game. I think they go to New Orleans. I think Brady is, I said this before too, if Brady gets to this point where it is, it is possible for him to win a Super Bowl, I think he can win the Super Bowl. And at this point, he's there. I think oh, yeah. he's going to take over. Hold on. He's going to take over um, pretty much as much, as much coaching as he can. Yeah. I think he's literally going to call coach the offense. And I think he can single-handedly, I think he can win this game. Because I definitely don't trust Drew Brees. And I definitely don't trust the Saints. No. Based off recent history. So I'm going to, I would say like, I mean, obviously I think they're going to win and probably cover three. So I'll say like 24. Uh, no, nah, that'll, that'll be high score. I'll say like 38, 35 or something like that. It's going to be a shootout. 38, 35. I think this is the one where we agree the most. Um, oh boy. Yeah. Sorry, Brian. Because yeah, if, again, another another situation where it's just the home team is getting the three points. Yeah. So if you tell me that that's a spread and Tom Brady's the road team, I'll mm-hmm. take the road team to win. Yeah, I'd say by a touchdown. Sure, I mean, he, no fans. I'd rather play in New Orleans. You know what I mean? In a dome in January. Yeah. I, I don't know if they. I think they have limited fans. I'm pretty sure New Orleans. But yeah. still, it's not. It's not like it would have been in a, in a normal situation. They also um, might have the most limited fans because I, I want to say like if I'm picturing mm-hmm. their games in my head right now, when yeah. you look into their crowd, like like some of the it's, like the the Brown Stadium and the um, Titan Stadium, yeah, those looked like even though there was only fifty oh, twenty thousand people, they looked like they were sold out. the The Saints games looks like there's two hundred people, right? So yeah, yeah. Uh, give me the bucks by like right, cool. six or seven. All right, we'll see. Um, with that being said, I'm pretty sure I just killed Tom Brady's year. So I'm not feeling great about that, but we'll see how it goes. Anyway, let's um, let's do this. Let's get into our conversation with John Corrales. Um, great guy, covers the Celtics. He is the host of the Locked On Celtics podcast, which is a daily Celtics podcast. It's, it's phenomenal. Uh, beat writer on Mass Live. And we'll get into the book he just wrote, Boston Celtics, All-Time All-Stars. Really cool book. Breaks down pretty much each position and names a starter and a backup from all-time Celtics teams. It's really cool. So here is our conversation with John Corrales. Um, all right, as promised, we have our good friend of the program, John Corrales, and um, you're an author now too. I am. I this am. Your, was this your first book? It I is. Forget. It is, yep. okay. Yep. Um, here it is for our video audience. Boston Celtics all-time all-stars. I admittedly, I just finished the centers chapter last yep. night, so I'm not all the way through it yet. You're but all the way through, though. Yeah, um, I'm going to ask you what was what was some of the hardest uh, decisions you had to come to make as a, a Celtics fan? And and to preface that, what, why don't I let you preface a little bit? Kind of what was your your format and setup for the book for those who haven't haven't read it yet? Yeah, so I was asked to do this book. Uh, by Lions Press, and they um, they they kind of left it up to me. Okay. And so uh, 
I said, well, if it's, if it's the, the Boston Celtics all-time all-stars, then I'm going to mm-hmm. make it an all-star team, which all-star team is 12 guys. Um, yep. So I, 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 didn't let, I didn't let myself kind of like cheat on that. Uh, generally speaking, you have your starters, the, the top vote getters, and then the people who are second generally get in. So I thought, okay, I'm going to pick two at each position. And then I'm going to give myself a couple of wild cards to, to mm-hmm. get in there. So I limited myself to really two players at each position, three at a couple of positions. Yeah. Um, and then I did a couple of coaches. And so the toughest, the toughest thing was, I think at some of these positions, there's somebody that you have to leave off. Right. And so I, I admittedly took a couple of liberties with, a couple of the positions, you know, at least the shooting guard position, because I, I, I don't want to say like I cheated because mm-hmm. there, the player qualifies at the shooting guard, yeah. but I just, I did, I did make a little switch there to, to make life easier on myself. The point guard position was hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I definitely, I had to leave somebody off that I was not expecting to leave off this team. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, when you get through the wild cards, uh, you'll see, I, I don't add another point guard. So no. my two point guards are my two point guards and that sucked. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it, you do a project like this and it's, you know, it's not just, some, it's not supposed to be easy necessarily. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it, part of it was a history lesson, not just a ranking of players, but a history lesson to, kind of compare these these eras and to look at some of the things that we think of fondly and emotionally but realize some guys spent their entire careers in Boston and some guys came to Boston after the best parts of their careers so there are guys who have been hall of fame caliber players they're like you look at somebody like tiny Archibald who had fantastic career an amazing career before he got to Boston and he got hurt before he got to Boston and then he wasn't the same player he won a championship in Boston and maybe if you rank all of the point guards of all time he's higher than some of the guys that make this team but his time in Mm -hmm. Boston wasn't up to par overall so that's the type of stuff that I really wanted to look at and say some of these guys had great careers especially some of these guys in the 70s that get underrated Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like it was, it, if this, if this book sparks some debate, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but more so, I just hope that this book gives people a little glimpse into history and some of the things that made the Boston Celtics, the Boston Celtics and created yeah. Celtic pride. And, and why are there so many numbers retired? <laughs> You know, like that people look at it and say, oh, Boston, this guy's number is retired. Why? Well, I'll give this little bit away. Red Arback was very a guy retired in the 60s. If he was instrumental to them winning, didn't matter the stats, didn't matter. Like you retired, your number was retired like that a month later uh, because he wanted to create that Celtic pride. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the numbers that hung up there that showed everybody like we appreciate your, your service, your loyalty. And so um, that that's part of, that's part of the, the entire process too. 
Yeah. And, and I thought good, good point though, too, because it's, t- I mean, trying to think of an example, but there's probably, there's chapters where you're comparing, you know, guys from the 2010s to guys from the fifties and sixties. And I think that's probably where, where it gets oh, a right. little tricky doing, you know, an apples to apples comparison, but at the same time, that was actually some of my favorite parts of the book. Like I know Paul Pierce, I know Kevin Garnett, I know, um, you know, Isaiah Thomas, some of the more Rondo, sure, yeah. the more recent guys you mentioned, some of the stuff about like Tommy Heinsohn, um, yeah. even Bill Russell, um, Bob Cousy, like those guys that for me, that was the interesting, like, holy shit. Like, I didn't know that one of my favorite parts and Sophie and I've talked about this before, but Tommy Heinsohn, extremely successful in the insurance industry yeah, <laughs> <laughs> while putting up Hall of Fame numbers on the court. Yeah. It's, it's kind of wild. Those 60s teams where you, people don't realize, like, you just think like, oh, yeah, you're, you're part of the Boston Celtics in yeah. the 60s. Like, you're a millionaire. In the right. NBA. Like, no, no. Those guys, <laughs> a lot of those guys um, were working second jobs. And, yeah. you know, how, how Tommy Heinsohn was saying, like, yeah, I mean, I could do some stuff for the Celtics, but uh, this insurance thing is really good for me right now. So I'm going to go do the insurance thing. <laughs> Like, are yeah. you kidding me right now? Right. Like, yeah. can you imagine that today. Um, it, and that's like, when you look at the point guard discussion, that's mm-hmm. a good one because it starts with Koozie, but yeah. you go through the 60s, you go through the 70s, there's an yeah. 80s representative, yeah. there's, there's current representatives, and you, you look at some of the things, like, like you, when you mentioned Koozie, yeah. how the assist was handed oh, out right. back then and yeah. and how now it's a much more liberal interpretation of the rule and yeah. how you couldn't put your hand on the side of the ball back then so somebody like Kyrie Irving who's hmm. got like the greatest handles in the league but if he played back in the 60s he'd turn the ball over 10 times with palming violations so yeah. like yes that, that was very and, interesting and so when I I'm notorious for when I get into historical fights mm-hmm. on Twitter I I my biggest thing is you have to take the context with you. You can't yeah. just take Bob Cousy and put him into today's game. And he's going to like dribble the ball like a kid. Like, mm-hmm. no, if you tell him that he, if you bring him into 2021 and you, you make him born 19 years ago through the AAU system, through mm-hmm. all of the influences, uh, understanding that you can put your hand on the side of the ball and control the ball that way. Imagine how much better he will be. He was yeah. good under those rules. Imagine how much better he will be now. So that's the type of stuff. And take today's players and put them back then with no weightlifting, you, you know, making pennies on the dollar, and especially the black players with racism so rampant back then. Yeah. Part of my influence in this book. They is, had some of that back then? Yeah, it might be a tiny, hmm. a tiny bit, uh, you know, Somewhere around the country, mm. there was uh, it, it was black people were not exactly welcome. Okay. So, uh, and I, I, I think that matters when you look yeah. at Sam Jones being as, as great as he is, and Casey Jones and, and Bill Russell. Yeah. These are these are guys traveling with the Celtics. You think like nowadays, like nowadays, not so great either. But these guys are shielded from a lot of it personally, and. Imagine being a player today and going down to play Memphis and mm-hmm. walking at the hotel and they say, I'm sorry, <laughs> the, you yeah, black yeah. guys, you can't, you can't stay here. Like yeah. what? And those guys are traveling by train mm-hmm. and they were like, it, it's, 
So the the things the the success that they had back then, I think, is magnified. If you could be good back then in the face of all of those things, like that's that's a lot. No money, people wanting to like literally kill you, and yeah. you go out there and you smoke somebody on the court, like that's amazing mental fortitude. Like that mm-hmm. that's, I mean. So anyway, so yeah, they're they're each each era yeah. has its own crazy influences like mm-hmm. this era too when you when you are 19 years old and somebody gives you eight million dollars in your rookie year to play basketball that comes with a lot of challenges too because all of a sudden a lot of people how many how many players from any background come in rich already like nobody's rich right. coming into the nba you you come in and all of a sudden it's like here's eight million dollars boom yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that that's that has its own like ups and downs. So mm-hmm. comparing errors is is tough, but it's fun. Yeah. John, real quick, um, in the beginning you said this is the first book that you wrote, right? Yes. So I want to congratulate you on that and congratulate Dan. This is the first book that he's read. <laughs> um, well, actually, to that point, well, not to that exact point, but um it I will say this, it's a very um it's an easy read. I think the way you put together, you know what I mean? It's not, yes. I got two books for Christmas. I'll put it this way. I got this book, which I've been wanting to buy since it came out, but my wife's the type of person where I don't, I can't buy things from like September to Christmas because she'll yell at me and say, <laughs> I was going to get that for Christmas. So I got that. Right. And I got the Patriots dynasty book, oh, which nice. is like 1500 pages. <laughs> and yeah. it's Like I literally need to like dedicate like a, uh, probably like the summer to like, to like knocking it yeah. out. But this, book but no, is, this is cool. This it's great. Be done in a weekend. hundred percent. Like, super and easy. Position by position. Like yeah. I said, and then it sounds like there's like some wild card stuff. I'm, I'm going to, I still have to dive into, which is great. Yeah. Um, so no, very, very cool. Like Sophie said, con- congratulations again. You've got a, between that and the podcast, man, I don't know. I don't know when you sleep, when you, when do you do like <laughs> stuff for fun? Like when you um, eat, <laughs> I, I'll trust me. There's, if there's one thing I do plenty of it's eat, um, okay. but it's, you know, working, you know, it's not really work. Like I do the podcast, right. no, true. you know, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I definitely do a lot and, but there's, there's time for fun, but also yeah. basketball is fun. Sure. Right, is. Okay. Yeah. So well, all right, I'm going to shut everything down and sit down and let's say tonight, I go, all right, you know, forget it. I'm not doing anything. What am I going to do? I'm going to sit down and be like, what games are on? <laughs> you know, let's just watch a game or, or whatever. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll watch something else. Um, I'll put something else on TV. I, I like to binge watch a show, but, you know, it's mm-hmm. basketball. Basketball is fun enough. I'm not, I'm not exactly, uh, you know, doing stuff that's, that's, you, you're not. Or- you're not selling insurance nine to five. Not selling like, insurance, uh, like exactly. Some other people. <laughs> exactly. So, with, with that being said, actually, I have two questions. The first one: um, Have the Celtics formally contacted you yet about helping out since they they need to get to that eight players to, uh, yeah, to the, you know, the game going? They, okay, they haven't. Um, okay, hmm. I feel like I feel like that's a missed opportunity for them because a forty seven year old who's horribly out of shape could certainly <laughs> give them. A, a a solid 30 seconds on the floor that you just can't get from anybody sure else. so every you know, every that's... every break counts in competitive basketball so look yeah Dan- danny well, Ainge. hopefully they hear this and yeah i i was like danny Ainge generally yeah. does a good job but this is a missed opportunity that i'm sure he's gonna certainly get is. on twitter 
Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Danny Ainge, um, I'd like, and I'm, I'm sorry if you probably answered this question a hundred times since it happened, but for our audience and for me specifically, can you explain to me, like I'm a five-year-old, what the trade exception means and how you could see the Celtics using it um, in the near future? Yeah. So think of, think of the trade exception as like a coupon, uh, okay. a coupon in the amount of a player's outgoing salary. Oh so, boy, this is already over my head. I don't have to look up coupon. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, John. What if I said it like coupon, like some people say? Okay, oh, now, yeah, yeah, now, you know what that is? Discount on, on food. Yes. Yeah. yes, yes, yes. So you make a trade with mm-hmm. another team, they are able to absorb that player into their cap space um, or their own player exception, but whatever. They mm-hmm. can, all you have to, all you get back is uh, a, a draft pick. Because you have to get something back. And so what you get essentially is a coupon. It's, it's a three-team deal where you get a coupon where you can go shopping for that three-team deal or more team deal. You've got 28 or you know, like a gift card where you got $28.5 million, the, the number of Gordon Hayward's yeah. salary. Once that runs out, it runs out. And you can't. that's the only thing you can go shopping with. And so you can go to other teams and say, I've got this money. What can you give me? And you can only pay with this. You can't say, I'll give you, I'll, I'll use this and a Carson Edwards. Like, no, that doesn't matter. Like, okay. So the traded player exception is a slot where you can acquire a player from another team. So th- I tweeted out Kelly Oubre the other day, just because he was having a mm-hmm. good game. Um, mm-hmm. Not that I'm pining for Kelly Oubre, but the situation is that, the Warriors have a player who makes 15 or so million dollars that mm-hmm. their tax bill is going to be like $80 million. They're not winning a championship this year. And you say, all right, the Celtics need a guy. He's available. The Warriors will gladly give up somebody like that for nothing in return for a second round pick, a late round first, uh, you know, a late first round pick, whatever. Um, just to save an exponential amount of money. Mm-hmm. The Celtics take him into that slot and now they have the remainder, whatever that is still left on their gift card to go shopping for another trade. So I got that in a nutshell is the traded player exception. So, um, so do you envision them doing something like that? Like a, a hand, a few players as opposed to one big. Yeah. So now, now it gets a little more complicated because mm. there's, there are complications within the Celtics roster and yes. um, salary sheet this year because they they uh, um, they got Tristan Thompson using the full non-taxpayer mid-level exception. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. one of the mechanisms that triggers the so-called hard cap, which is a number you might hear it referred to as the apron, but it's basically a number of six million dollars or so above the the luxury tax where. If mm-hmm. you do a sign and trade, if you use your um, all of your exceptions, if you use the full non-taxpayer mid-level, that triggers that hard cap. Now you mm-hmm. cannot, under any circumstances, at any point in the season, spend above this amount of money. Okay, mm-hmm. so the Celtics, by virtue of, of giving Tristan Thompson two years, eighteen million dollars, they use their full non-taxpayer mid-level. That is that triggers the hard cap. So the Celtics don't have $28.5 million of room. Mm -hmm. They can't go out and get a $28 million guy. 
because that puts them over the hard cap. The league will not allow that move to happen. What they have without making moves to clear space is somewhere around 18 to 19 million. Okay. Now they could say to somebody, Hey, here's Daniel Tice for nothing. And, and you pay a team with a draft pick to take him. And now you have 24 million. If you really want a player, you can open up space like that. Gotcha. But the, the Celtics have until this thing expires, traded player exceptions do expire. Typically it's after one year, but because of the weirdness of this year, it's going to be some point in the summer. So it won't be a full year, mm-hmm. but they will have time to make a move this season that fits within the parameters of 18 to 19 million. They have time to do that. Then they take the rest, which would be about 10 million or so into July and August. If another team has a player that some makes somewhere there or less, they can acquire that player too within the traded player exception. So okay. uh, they cannot combine it with anything else. They cannot <laughs> combine it with another player. They have a $5 million trade exception from Ennis Cantor. They cannot combine those. They can't take the 10 million left over and the 5 million and make a $15 million exception. It's its own thing. Once it's, yeah. once it's expired, it's expired and you can't add anything to it. So I, th- I think a coupon is the perfect analogy then. <laughs> that's basically, probably the easiest way to explain basically it. basically it. I mean, yeah. Can't be not, combined with other offers. Um, exactly. Expires, exactly. whatever, 2021. It's, it's the most five-year-old way to yes. explain Much a complicated mechanism um, that, that exists right now. Okay, cool. Um, go ahead, Soap. I, I didn't mean to cut you off earlier. Um, actually, I, I noticed, John, that you were talking about how, like, um, how crazy it is, how easy it is to get an assist in today's game yeah. because mm-hmm. there's a specific play who, who was involved in the, was that a LaMelo ball assist or you, you tweeted a specific one and I was like, damn. So whoever got the assist, um, the person who scored the basket took two dribbles yeah. from like the three point line. <laughs> it was, I, it was. I, so I was looking through Jason Tatum's assists. Mm-hmm. We had a, was it a 12 assist game or something recently? Yeah. And so yeah, something like that. I, I was going through and looking at all of his assists just to see what he was finding, what he was seeing. And one of the assists was a pass to Peyton Pritchard where he caught it on the left, like right at the break and ripped through, took two dribbles, a hop step, made a move and laid it in. And I said, <laughs> that's, that should not be an assist. No, that, yeah. that should not be an assist. The, now, technically under the rules of the NBA, it is it, but they basically give the assist to the last person making the pass if the player makes an immediate move to the basket. Mm. So that technically is an assist. I'm not going to sit there and go to the official scorer and be like, "Take this assist away. This is a <laughs> you know, blasphemy." Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, but how dare you insult Bob Cousy's legacy like this? No, like it is what it is and whatever. It's it's not the biggest deal. I just be capped at one dribble. It it really should be like yeah, you know, the the wording is directly leads to a basket. Mm -hmm. And while I think some of the the disqualified assists in the sixties were a little crazy, the the things that are allowed right now are are a little crazy. That pass that Tatum made to Pritchard had nothing to do with Pritchard <laughs> making that basket. 
Mm. Right. He did that for himself. (laughs) Right. He created that, that basket on his own. He made a move past the defender. Then he made a subsequent move like that pass an assist, but the, it's in the terminology you yeah. assisted on a basket. I helped mm-hmm. you make this basket. So that to me didn't help him do anything like, and, and it's not even the amount of dribbles. Like it could be a good pass, a great pass that put a player in a position that he never would have been in before. And if he somehow needed two dribbles before he went up, okay, I, I can see that. Mm-hmm. I just I want the term assist to actually mean that you assisted on a basket because we use this terminology to explain how good a player is. Jason right. Tatum had 12 assists. He helped 12 other baskets. He scored 25 and he had 12 assists. That's 24 and three of them were threes. So that's actually 27. So he's accountable for 52 points. Wow, Mm -hmm. that's an amazing game from Jason Tatum. But if he's not actually helping on a few of those baskets, that that, that impact is not like entirely there. Again, not the biggest deal in the world, but I it's something that I look at. I'm like, ah, that's that's a shame. Westbrook, Harden. That I mean, I'm sure, uh, and I I threatened to do that once where I was like, (laughs) I am gonna go through. Every one of Westbrook's assists this year. Oh boy. I'm gonna start knocking off all of these. <laughs> yeah, MVP we'll, my ass. That'll show him the stern <laughs> yeah. wag of the finger. He'll see. And yeah. then I got lazy. Yeah, fair enough. I'd um, be like the Barkley. He'd be averaging a triple single. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last question for me before we let you go. Last time you were on, we briefly mentioned. Um, the three of ours favorite Emmy award winning show family matters, but didn't really get into it too much. So (laughs) I have a quick kind of rapid fire question for you as a basketball guy. Think back to the mid nineties when I'm sure you were covering, um, covering high school basketball in the mid Midwest. Who would, who did you have on your big college? I'm not that old shit. I mean, come on. Hypothetically then. Yes. Who did you have higher on your big board coming out of high school? Eddie Winslow or Will Smith from Bel Air Academy? <laughs> and I'm sure you asked this a hundred times, but yeah, no, I've never actually been asked that yeah, question. I figured. <laughs> um, I, I think um, I'm going to go with Eddie Winslow. Mm, me too. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, Bel Air Academy, what kind of competition were they facing? Car- Carlton was on the team. Yeah. Like, I mean, that, like <laughs> no one ever really talks about that. You know, they're they're out there. That was all street ball, man. That was yeah. playing out there in the chain link fences. Yep. You know, you know, Will is going out there. He's wearing like a smoking jacket, like instead of warm yes. up. Like, that's he was. that's <laughs> Bel Air. Like, I mean, I, I really I, I respect Will's game, but yeah. he's he's like this is like Wilt Chamberlain going mm. up against plumbers and electricians. This is <laughs> somewhat. No, I, I, no yeah. I do not. I do not respect the competition uh, that Bel Air Academy faced. And so I have to go with Mr. Uh, I saw this real quick. I saw this floating around Twitter before. Have you ever seen like um, the act and Sophie? I know you, I think you tagged me in it. The video of like those scenes from Fresh Prince playing basketball. It's literally mm-hmm. like a, like elementary school, like like clearly oh, yeah. a fake TV set, like gym. That's yeah. so absurd. Like 
when you really think about being centered around like Bel Air, it, yeah. it's actually hysterical. Like when you actually go back and look at it, I think, I think when you look at, because the one thing now having worked in TV, yeah, yeah, every set that you see is mm-hmm. always incredibly uh, small. It's yes. all a lot smaller than you really think. Mm-hmm. Um, and like when you see people on TV under normal circumstances, not COVID or anything like that, yeah, we watch yeah. the news and they're, they look like they're normally spaced. They're like almost on top of each other mm-hmm. in a yep. studio. And so to, <laughs> to get the shots that they need, they can't play on a real court. Yeah, so yeah. all of these TV basketball <laughs> courts, especially the sitcom ones, yeah. <laughs> the three-point line is like half it court. touches half court. Like, <laughs> like half court is – the court has got to be like 30 feet long. It, yeah. It's insane. You, you grab a rebound, you take two dribbles, and you're laying it up on the other <laughs> side. So yeah. okay. uh, it's, just, it's hilarious to me. Yeah, I thought um, that was funny. And I um, – like just one last thing. Yeah. Because it's so small, why the hell did Carlton – rear back and throw a baseball <laughs> that's where I, that's where i saw the that's what reminded me great scene like, by the way one of the greatest <laughs> shots of all time that never was like um have yes, him pull up like he came back he's like <laughs> like he's throwing a, a hail mary like yeah, why yeah it looks like he was trying to throw back? someone out at home right yeah like, have him just pull up and just shoot a janky above yeah. the head and just watch that but no i mean wow. it's a great gift to be like every every like timeless it's it's a great one to use whenever somebody thinks they're gonna like hit a buzzer beater and it misses by a mile but you know yeah i don't know it, it's funny because like the good so the movie that uh, like one of the characters that dan um uh idolizes is michael j fox and teen wolf and it's the same <laughs> it's the same situation in that movie but uh last question i had for you john is i've seen you tweet a little bit about the tnt coverage specifically do you think that Dan and I would have a chance uh, if we applied for C Web and Reggie Miller's positions? <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> thank you. And please, Very please take you. please take no offense to this follow up comment, oh because anybody would be better than those. <laughs> uh, we'll edit that part out. But yes, I, I agree with you. Great answer. But you like the you like the you enjoy you like like, comedically guys? the studio show though, right? No, not really. Really? Yeah. No. Like Charles Barkley and Shaq and that. I mean, I'll I'll watch it sometimes. Like, it, it's it's okay. Like, I get it. Yeah. Like, look, I I am very self aware. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand. Like, I I don't necessarily like that show. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it's because I just want to hear them talk about the game. Yeah, there's not much wanna, substance yeah. to it. You've got Kenny Correct. and Shaq <laughs> and Charles and like I. You watch this game. Give me something. Tell me. You're Hall of Fame players. Tell right. me something about this. Uh, okay, fine. That's not the direction you want to go in. You want to have more fun. Cool. That's it's not. I'm not going to sit and t- here and tell people they shouldn't watch. I'm just not going to watch it really. But the thing hmm. that really pisses me off that honestly, like I don't care that they want to go all entertainment. I'll still watch it sometimes. I think I think Ernie Johnson is great, and I think sometimes mm-hmm. they can be, they can be really funny. I think they've they've started to really go over the top. A lot, mm-hmm. which is just I, I'm not interested in. Uh, but the thing that really bugs me a lot is how much they denigrate the game. And I, I think the NBA has a real problem with its 
it's hosts, it's talents that are around the game saying, well, I don't like this about today's game, or I don't like that about today's game. Yeah, oh, yeah. And just, they, they really, like, and there's, there's a, a, you can say that, you know, I'm not a big fan of how this is how it is, but, you, you know, you could also be, like, a little enthusiastic. Like, sometimes, just, if you don't like that this is happening, just don't say it. Just, just mm-hmm. this is how it is. Accept that this is how it is. In 2021, it's not 1980s basketball. It's not 1990s basketball. The game has changed. And if you don't like it, fine. You've said it. We know you don't like it. Now analyze how it is or shut the hell up. And let someone who understands what today's game is say, okay, this is what's happening. And there are legitimate things to complain about in today's game. I, I agree. Like, Paul Westfall came up recently because he sadly passed mm-hmm. away. Um, when he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, I had a chance to talk to him for a little bit. And we talked about today's game. And he said, look, the game has become kind of homogenous. That it used to be you try to get players who are really good, and then you say, all right, well, we've got a great center. We're going to work around a post game, and we're just going to – our game's going to be centered around, no pun intended – this guy who does, this is our star and we're going to play inside out. And some guys, some teams have these, these guards and you, okay. So you start outside in um, and you look at all of the shot charts from all these different teams. And some of them have a heavy mid range and some of them are a little further out. And some of them are really packed in the paint. Now, if you look at everybody's end of season shot chart, it's a bunch of three pointers around the edges a bunch in the paint, and that's it. This this mm-hmm. entire swath of mid-range that doesn't exist because it's been so de-emphasized and every team is literally trying to play the exact same way. And the yeah. only way that there's any exception is if you've got a Kevin Durant who is so good in the mid-range that, okay, you shoot 70%, you're allowed to take that shot. Jalen Brown this year mm-hmm. shoots an exceptional yep. number you're allowed to take that shot. But if you're not hitting above 50% or near 50% from that, that spot, you're going to get the, hey, find a way to drive it to the rim. Find a way to get to the free throw line. And this overemphasis on, oh my God, you, you have to draw fouls. Yes, I look at this and I, I'll, I'll be analyzing games and saying, Jason Tatum needs to get to the line more. But at the same time, free throws are boring and they need to find a way to keep the game moving and if, if like part of why I don't like watching James Harden play is that 80% of the time, he's just trying to hypnotize you with a, a dribble and waiting mm-hmm. for like a person to just make a little flinch. And he's amazing at exploiting that flinch, but that's all he's trying to do. And I'll sum it up by saying this. It used to be that, Guys would try to find weaknesses in the other team and try to exploit those weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Now guys are trying to find weaknesses in the rules and in the game itself, and they're trying to exploit the rules and yeah. not exploit the other team's weakness. That's, that is a differentiator that I do think that the NBA has, has to fix. But at the same time, the overall product I still think is really, really good. But there is still work that needs to be done. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, 
That, that, that's really good. And again, like that's what I think all these, we talk about Shaq and Charles and stuff. I think that's kind of what they kind of, they harp on and they let you know about it. Hey, just like you said, we found weaknesses in other guys. We attack, 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 attack. Now it's, it's, it's a more analytical game. You sure. can blame the Warriors. You can blame whatever you want, but it's, and we talked about this before too, you know, talking about, yes, the Warriors are great, but at the time, remember that was, that was relatively new. Everyone is copying your blueprint. You know, you can't expect that dynasty to last another 10 years, even if you didn't lose Durant and Clay and all that stuff. But, right. but anyway, um, good stuff, man. I know I hopefully didn't keep you too long. We'll let you get back. But before we do, what, what is the best, uh, best way to get, your, get, a, get a hold of your book? Well, uh, I think any, any online bookseller will, okay. will have it. So Amazon, Barnes & Noble, some of the more independent places. Um, I, I haven't been out to any bookstores I don't know if they exist anymore. Very good point. (laughs) Right. So I don't know (laughs) what's going on there, but uh, anywhere online. um, I I, I think like people have been asking me about signed books. Um, Mm. I think I'm going to try to find a way. I've never done this before. So (laughs) we'll we'll just put your home address in the show notes and then, you know, orderly line masks, six feet distance. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, In lieu of that, I'm, I'm, I'm contemplating, just if people want any kind of signed copy or anything like that, that I can, I can find my way to some extra copies and just send them out myself Nice uh, for the additional postage and, and all of that stuff. But cool. Good news. Well, John Corrales, thank you again, my friend, um, Boston Celtics, all-time all-stars locked on Celtics podcast, mass live beat writer, and uh, we'll let you get back and uh, maybe talk to you again soon. All right. See you. All right. Thanks buddy. Thanks John.